News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Let's go to Eamon Ryan now, Minister for the Environment, Climate and Communications, who's joining us uh, live from the uh, COP27 Climate Conference in Egypt. Uh, Minister, just before we get to COP27, can I ask you about that bid for the European Championship? Do you understand the argument I'm making that maybe we should be focusing on uh, building our decrepit grounds or rebuilding our decrepit grounds rather than chasing a shiny bauble of um, host, co-hosting the European Championships? I think we need to do both. And I think a successful European Championships would give a boost to soccer in the country and help us get the facilities right across the country. We saw that in the past, you know, back in the glory days with Jack Charlton and so on. Events like that, when, when there's real success and national kind of interest in the whole tournament, that actually helps the the, the uh, sport. So I don't think one undermines I, the other. I have to put it to you, Minister, and we won't get bogged down in this because I do want to talk to you about COP, that uh, the uh, Italian 90 and Italian and, and uh, uh, the European Championship of 88 did nothing in terms of sporting infrastructure in this country. Got a lot of people playing, Shane, and, and got a huge interest in the sport. And that, in the end, will then, that leads on, I think, to people investing in, in the facilities. So I think uh, it can help soccer in the country and can be good for the country. So I would support it. OK, uh, you're uh, in Egypt for COP27. What are you going to be uh, talking about today? What are you going to be announcing later today, Minister? Well, we're going into negotiations. I'll I'll be honest, the next few days I think could be quite difficult because there's a divide in the world between the global north and the global south. This is the big issue at this meeting of the parties of 200 countries in the world coming coming together to see how do we make this change, this leap we need to make to stop ourselves, rid ourselves of the use of fossil fuels, protect our future for everyone. To make that happen, you need justice at the centre of it. You need a just transition. And that has to be for every country in the world, for and particularly the most vulnerable. So the negotiations are going to be difficult. I'd be honest and say at this moment in time, uh, it looks very uncertain. It often tends to be the case. It often tends yeah. to be, you know, towards the latter days you get a deal but uh, it's not certain and I think it's really important first and foremost that we get that agreement between Global global North and Global South so that we can make progress on the transition. You sound slightly pessimistic Minister. I'm just coming out of a European negotiating room where we've been considering our own view and I think there would be concern at the moment that the first text we got last night, the first text of the political agreement we're looking for um, while it contains some good elements, it, it tended to have everything in it and, and maybe uh, by trying to uh, serve everyone's interests, not actually get a coherent package. So there's a lot of work to be done. It's very tedious, kind of into the night sort of uh, negotiations, but that's the first focus. I think one of the issues that there will be some, or sorry, one thing is clear rather coming out even the last day or two, there were a lot of people, maybe some countries saying, or, and not a thought, there are some 600 fossil fuel lobbyists here kind of trying to make the case that maybe we should weaken our ambition. The response I'm hearing from all European countries, most countries around the world with a really responsible attitude, is that no, we, we need to meet that target of, of staying below 1.5 degrees, reduce the probability of us going over tipping points. And that certainty that we do have to make this leap is all the stronger. Yeah. And I think for Ireland then, that's what I say to my colleagues. I say, okay, well, firstly, we have a very strong climate law now, which requires everyone, every minister to, to play their part. Back that, backing that up is even stronger European commitment. Um, and also a lot of the companies that come to our country, that invest in our country, are similarly committed. So we as a country 
have to play our part, and I'm convinced we can and will. Doing nothing or opting out is not an option. Um, and, but the scale of that change then is beyond compare. And, and it, it's change that has to be and will be good for the country if we're to make it work. Okay, we were speaking to George Monbiot, uh, the um, uh, environmental campaigner and journalist uh, last week. And uh, look, he's someone who I know you would share a lot of his values uh, uh, about global, uh, about changing the planet and so on. He was utterly pessimistic. He basically said this will change nothing. He said COP27 will change nothing. He, he, he said, I, 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 I would have made a point of flying to it. He said, I never fly, but I would have made a point of flying to this one to cover it if I thought anything would happen, but nothing will happen. Well, there isn't another option. Go back to us say, okay, we don't have an option as a country, as I said, of, of not going for this. But also globally, the only way we'll get a global agreement is when you bring 200 countries together. And it's an incredibly cumbersome and slow process, mm. but it is the only way you can do it. And uh, there has been progress. I mean, we saw in the Paris Agreement that there is the ability to kind of come bring 200 countries together and set ourselves on a better path. We, there has been improvement in terms of the temperature increases that were predicted five to 10 years ago. We are, we are brought them down, but not down far enough. He's right. The scale of change that needs to be made is beyond compare. And we have to start doing that now. We are doing it in Ireland and in Europe uh, and other countries. It is the new economy that's coming out of this change. It's new in, in, in industrial revolution. And as I said, it's one that leads to a better world because the current reliance on fossil fuels is the cause, cause and source of war. It leads to huge recessionary periods like we're seeing at the moment because of that dependence on fossil fuels and the high prices of them. So. Um, he, I can understand George's pessimism, but you can't afford that in political world. Yeah, you, you have to actually fair enough. double down uh, and deliver solutions. Can I ask you, did, uh, are you I, I read an interview with you last week, you seem to be moving away from the one million vehicles, uh, electric vehicles on Ireland's roads by 2030. Is that now an unachievable target? Is that what you're saying? That's not, much, not so much the point. I think the car fleet is going to switch electric because they're better cars. The, the cost of the fuel is a fraction, the cost of maintenance is a fraction, they're much better cars. But that on its own won't, be the, uh, won't meet the scale of change we need to make. Uh, we can't just replace a kind of car-dependent system with fossil fuels, with, with a, an equally choked-up roads full of cars running on electric batteries. Firstly, because then we would become dependent on those imported batteries and we don't put ourselves in that okay. exposed position. But secondly, the geometry, the sheer physical reality is that if everyone's driving, it doesn't work for anyone because the roads get gridlocked, we get clogged, it doesn't work. So what we need to do, as well as switching to electric, we need to switch to walking and cycling and public transport. We will invest and make that happen by reallocating road space, making it easier for the bus and cyclists and pedestrians to move around. Um, and also reduce the volume of transport. We need to use this moment coming out of COVID where the prospect of remote working is real. Yeah. And it means maybe not everyone has to commute uh, five days a week to be stuck in traffic every morning. So but, that but, combination of... But are you accepting, the, are you accepting that one million uh, electric... And, and I notwithstanding the point you made, which are all very good points, but are, are you accepting that one million uh, electric vehicles on Ireland's roads by 2030 is unachievable? We will, we will um, be able to meet our targets, which is the key metric, with a lower number, but that has to be combined with other measures, particularly... Okay, but it will be a lower number than one space. million. 
yes, because I think the key thing is how do we meet our targets. Those electric vehicles are very useful. They're very important in terms of switching away from the very expensive fossil fuel uh, alternative. But that on its own is not going to be enough. We need more. Minister uh, Eamon Ryan, Minister for the Environment, Climate and Communications and Transport. Thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.